0: You are listening to a Radio On production brought to you by HT Smartcast. So let's step forward together. Karhuake tonotato. Let's keep moving.
1: I cherish the idea of a new South Africa will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character I have
0: a dream Aight, listen Why do we need politics? This question seems like a million dollars but isn't really We need politics for two simple reasons One, we're the future and we need to represent ourselves and the country in a better light And two, because it's fun It's interesting And it's important This is Adiket and I host the evening show on 94.3 Radio 1 and me along with Fabian sir getting you politics for dummies where we understand politics then and now. We understand politics right and left. So what are you waiting for? Put on your headphones and strap on because you are going to have a ride of your life. Welcome. Joining us today is Mr. Fabian. Welcome back and a very happy week to everybody. Uh, The whole unlocking process has started in Delhi. So there are so many things that are happening simultaneously. Plus, the whole country is now actually reeling through the pandemic situation. So everybody's feeling a little optimistic, a little positive as well. Everything is getting assimilated. So that's a good news for us. But uh, we're not here to talk about what's the current scenario. We're here to talk about what happened a little bit in our past. So joining me is my teacher, Mr. K.P. Fabian. How are you doing, sir, today?
1: Thank you, Aniket. Um, I'm doing well. Tomorrow in my complex, there will be a vaccination camp. Wow. But you are someone who's vaccinated through and through. You got both the shots, right? No, no. this is for those who are working for us, the maids and the drivers.
0: Wow. This is so nice. This is very nice. Okay. So this is for everybody from 18 above. Anybody can get vaccinated tomorrow. Absolutely. Very cool. yeah. Very cool. Okay. So Fabian, talking about good things, um, we spoke about how India and Pakistan became India and Pakistan, but India was somewhat still reeling through uh, the aftermath of the partition because uh, I remember this fact that Sadar Vallabhai Patel went to one princely state to the other to convince them to join India. Today, we're going to talk about those princely states. So let's start with this. How many states are we going to talk about? How many states were there back in the day? And uh, how many of them got with India immediately?
1: Okay. Now, first of all, a bit of clarification about the expression, the princely state. Yeah. A princely state can be as big as uh, Hyderabad, you know, the Nizam, which was, uh, what shall I say, almost seven times the size of Belgium. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Then it can be very small, what is called a Jagirdar, yeah, you know, couple of square kilometers, okay, okay. So that is for point number one. Point number two is the uh, exact number that got integrated into India is 554, okay, okay. So 554, so that
0: is num-
1: yeah, numbers okay.
0: like, all right, all right. So, uh, Nizam Hyderabad being the biggest, I'm assuming what would have been the smallest princely state that we kind of got to ourselves?
1: Well, there were in uh, Madhya Pradesh and elsewhere, you know, a couple of kilometers. uh, Okay, okay, Uh, fine. So uh, let's start with this.
0: How did we identify these states and how did we
1: ask them to join us? Okay, we have to go back in history because uh, what was divided into the dominion of India and the dominion of Pakistan was the British India. That is, that part of India which was directly under the control of the British. Yes. Okay. With the rest of India, about uh, 40% in area. About. And about uh, 23% in population. With that rest of India, Britain had a relationship which... uh, To simplify it, paramountcy. That means uh, it's a subsidiary alliance, you know what I mean? That is, Britain will have an oversight, not necessarily getting involved with day-to-day administration. In most cases, there will be a British resident, you know, who will be sort of, you can say, he will be a small viceroy. Okay, You follow? (laughs) So that was the arrangement. Now, very technically speaking, under the India Independence Act of 1947, the princely states had three options. To join the dominion of India, to join the dominion of Pakistan, or very, very technically speaking, be independent. Because if there is no Paramount Sea, if it lapses, then before the Paramount Sea came, they were independent. Yeah. Okay. A very technical Interpretation, but uh, Mountbatten had made it clear. Listen, you have to join, you know, dip, you have to join one of the dominions,
0: yeah.
1: and there you have to take into account proximity, and also, you know, the political situation. Okay, now you take Hyderabad. You mentioned Hyderabad. The Nizam wanted to be independent. And he had a famous British lawyer called Moncton who sort of assisted him. Nizam told Atli, the prime minister of UK, he wanted to join the Commonwealth. Atli said, nothing doing. <laughs> you are not independent. You cannot join the Commonwealth. Then he appointed uh, ambassadors to some European countries.
0: Okay.
1: He started uh, talks with Portugal saying that he wanted to lease the port of Goa, because, you know, Hyderabad did not have uh, the sea coast. Yeah. And then he sent about 15 million pounds to Pakistan. Okay. So that is what he did. And what did Government of India do? Well, Government of India told him, listen, you can't do this. Okay. Then the people in Hyderabad, they revolted. There was a lot of violence because there was uh, an extremist organization called the Razakars. The Razakars, you know, Muslim organization, they started, resorted to violence. And, uh, you know, the uh, the Muslims, they're only 20% of the population. And even among the 20%, a small minority had all the powers, government jobs and this and that. You know what I mean? So government of India took the line. Mountbatten also took the line. Listen, you have to join India. You have no choice. Okay? Then, ultimately, India had to resort to what is called police action. Okay. You see? So that happened in 1948. And uh, Nizam signed the instrument of accession, and that was that. Okay. But then, you see, we should also talk about another one, Junagadh. Junagadh was a small state, princely state in Gujarat, mm-hmm. about 620,000, yeah, more yeah. than half a million. Yeah. Now, he is a very interesting man. You know, he had 2,000 pedigree dogs. And he, in fact, conducted a marriage ceremony for uh, his two dogs. One is called Roshana, the other is called Bobby. <laughs> and he spent... In today's money, almost two crores celebrating the wedding. Wow. Okay? All right. Leave that aside. His divan was Bhutto. Bhutto, the grandfather of Benazir Bhutto. Okay. The father of Sulfikar Ali Bhutto. Okay. Okay? He was a divan. So, he got in touch with Jinnah and On the 11th of August, 1947, the Nawab declared that he wanted to join Pakistan. 16th of September, Pakistan accepted it. Okay. Once again, people revolted. And on 24th of October, mark the date, the Nawab fled with his family Uh. and the dogs. And a lot of money. It's okay. <laughs> All right? And uh, on the 9th of November, in response to the demand from whatever was left in Junagat, the Indian army stepped in. And then later, India held a referendum. And uh, with vast majority, the accession to India was accepted. Okay. That was what happened in Junagat. We have also talked about Hyderabad. Now, let us talk, if you like, about Jammu and Kashmir.
0: Oh, baby, this is everybody's favorite topic. Um, yes, definitely. But before that, we can before we come to Jammu and Kashmir, let's take a small break and understand this. Um, if at all, Fabian, uh, these princely states would have not been a part of India, not been a part of uh, Pakistan, If that choice was given, what they would have been? What was this limbo state?
1: See, as I said, politically, India was not going to permit Hyderabad, which is in the, you know, much inside India to be a part of Pakistan. And let me also tell you, I come from Kerala. Actually, I come from the state of Travancore. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kerala consists of uh, Travancore, Cochin and Malabar. Okay. Now, the king of Travancore, he wanted to be independent. Okay. And he said he got in touch with the Consulate General of United States in uh, Madras, Chennai now, and said, listen, we have rare earths. You know, these elements are very really much important for nuclear energy and all that. So, you know, he offered to the United States, listen, you can come and mine them and make use of them. And the Consul General, you know, approached his Secretary of State in Washington. The Secretary of State, don't even reply, forget about the whole thing. And then there was an attack, physical attack on Sir C.P. Ramaswamy Iyer, the Diwan, and he fled. And again, (laughs) Travangur's, you know, search after independence, you know, was over. Because oh. the people of Travancore did not want it. See, okay. the idea that uh, the ruler alone is to take the decision, that is wrong. The ruler's okay. decision has to be supported by the people. And that is very, very important. Okay. When we discuss Kashmir, we will see that. Okay, okay.
0: So, now that is out there. There was no chance for any ruler at a particular point, to make a decision for the entire audience and uh, the people who stayed in that princely state. So that's that's about it. Now, let's go ahead and talk about Jammu and Kashmir. Uh, the crown of India is what they called it. Uh, very haphazardly drawn lines, made, you know, all of those things. So, uh, yeah, tell us about it. How did that come to be?
1: Okay, Aniket, before that, if I may, I want to say a word about... Uh... Sardar Wallabai Patel, yes, sir. the Home Minister, the Deputy Prime Minister, and V.P. Menon, who was the Home Secretary. Now, there was absolute synergy between the political leadership and the civil servant. It's very important for any country to be run properly. There has to be that synergy between the political leadership and the civil service. Mm-hmm. Now, between Patel and V.P. Menon, It was perfect. Don't forget that VP Menon was constitutional advisor to the Viceroy before that. Okay. Okay. And he had much to do with the Indian Independence Act and all that. All right. And don't forget that Sadar Patel had a vision. That is, those who served the British government, civil servants, they should be inducted to serve the independent India. Because some people said, you know, look, throw them out. You know, in fact, uh, long time ago, not that Nehru wanted to do it, but long time ago in the 30s, Nehru had said the Indian civil service is neither Indian nor civil, and nor is there much service. But that was, you know, a bomo. I mean, actually, he took it from Voltaire. Who said about the Holy Roman Empire? It was neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay, cool. But, and also don't forget the British ICS has done a lot of harm to India also. It is in that context. But both Patel and Nehru wanted to make use of the civil service because, you know, otherwise you cannot run the country. Okay. Now, coming to Jammu and Kashmir, Hari Singh, the ruler. Hari Singh is the father of Dr. Karan Singh, who is in Delhi. We all know him. He comes to IIC. He makes so many speeches. You know, he was a union minister. He was ambassador in Washington. Okay. Now, Hari Singh was hesitating. He was toying with the idea of independence. Okay. Now, in Jammu and Kashmir, as you know, in terms of majority, it is Muslim. Well, there is uh, a certain number of Hindus, especially in Jammu. Okay. Now, Harijing was hesitating. Then, what happened was that on the 20th of October, 1947, Pakistan sent armed tribemen, armed tribesmen, led by Pakistan military. These words are very important. Led by Pakistan military. And as they were approaching Srinagar, Hari Singh said India should send the military to save Jammu and Kashmir. And India said, okay, but you have to accede first because we don't believe in sending our military to foreign countries. And on the 26th of October, accession was signed by Hari Singh. But in his reply... While accepting the accession, Mount Bachchan said that this accession is complete, but at the earliest opportunity, we are going to have a plebiscite so that the people of Jammu and Kashmir can also have their say in it. Now, many people have said it was the wrong thing to do. But don't forget, we had Junagadh, we had Hyderabad. In Hyderabad, we had taken the position that Nizam can't just do what he wants. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And Junagadh, so. we had said what the Nawab did was not enough. Okay? Yeah. So there was need to have that provision. Yeah. And don't forget, with Sheikh Abdullah, the great political leader of Kashmir, you know, being for India, with India, yeah. and his great friendship with Jawaharlal Nehru, there mm-hmm. was no question. If there were a referendum, India would would have done it, you know, with a landslide majority. Okay? Okay. So that is why it was made. But then what happened? We took the matter to the Security Council. Okay. And then there, a little bit of Cold War politics came. But nevertheless, the Security Council ordered a ceasefire, which both Pakistan and India agreed. Then there were consultations, and there was another resolution which said that there should be a plebiscite. Okay? Then what happened? The resolution said two things. One, Pakistan should fully withdraw, fully, in total, 100%, you know, the armed tribesmen and its military. Yes. From Jammu and Kashmir. Yes. India should withdraw most of its security forces but may retain the minimum necessary for law and order and administration. Okay. When these two conditions are satisfied, there should be a plebiscite. All right. Now, India agreed. Pakistan also formally agreed that Pakistan was never sure that it will win the plebiscite. <laughs> so, it didn't remove its forces. Yeah. Okay. But in 1953, Nehru spoke to his counterpart in Pakistan and it was agreed, it was in August, okay. August 1953, that within six months, the two countries will together find an administrator, okay. you know, a foreigner from a small country who will do that. But then Americans came in. Okay. There was a Secretary of State called John Foster Dallas. Okay. Now, my generation used to say, Dull, Duller, Dallas. Okay. Now... He visited Pakistan, and they started talking about a military alliance. Now, that was funny, because let's see what happened. September 1953, Soviet Union detonated its first hydrogen bomb. Okay. September 1953. And Eisenhower, the president, was given a calculation. It will cost dollars 3,515 to keep a U.S. soldier abroad. Okay? Per annum, eh? All right. Then, yeah. and it will cost only $485 to keep a Pakistani soldier abroad. Much cheaper. So, they decided to index Pakistan. They signed the, you know, and then, they signed it only in 1954. But, as soon as they started the negotiations, Nehru said, no, if you are going to, told Pakistan, listen, if you are going to have a military alliance with America in order to regain Pakistan and not through the plebiscite, well, it's over. No question okay. of a plebiscite. Okay. So that is what happened. And uh, then, of course, uh, the assembly, Constitutional Assembly of Jammu and Kashmir ratified the accession. So that was the substitute for the plebiscite, you see. Okay. That was that. Then, of course, Shimla agreement, you know, where Bhutto cheated Indira Gandhi. Because he told her, Madam, uh, Prime Minister, if I go back without any agreement, you know, okay. without getting the territory back, without getting the 93,000 POWs back, then the military will take over. So give me something. And then she said, let us finish with this German and Kashmir thing, the LOC. Keep it as international boundary. He agreed, but he said he can't include it in the written text. He will uh, work on it and, you know, that sort of thing. Now, actually, he was cheating. Yeah. Okay. So we gave back the territory. Of course, my view is that we had to give back the territory, uh, though we could have held on to it for a while. And uh, the POWs, again, is a wasting asset. We had to give it back. You know what I mean? But we need not have permitted him to cheat us. And now, from time to time, Pakistan raises the issue, but that's okay. You know, there is nothing to discuss with Pakistan except, let me be very clear, vacation of aggression by Pakistan. The phrase used by V.K. Krisham Menon. Okay. There is nothing else to discuss. All right. Okay. All right. There we are.
0: Okay. So, that's the story of Jammu and Kashmir. That's the story of other princely states that were. Uh, you know, bought into India and uh, now we also know that it wasn't one person's decision to whether be independent or be a part of the country it was also counted on the people's reaction as well Uh, I hope everybody learned something out of this episode and of course I did a lot because it's cool history was just brushed over this takes you in depth and this makes you a smarter person thank you Fabian for making us a little bit more intelligent today And we'll see you next week with one more episode of Politics for Dummies. We'll talk about something international and uh, let's take it from there. Uh, See you, Fabian. Have a great week.
1: Thank you. You too. Look forward to.
0: This was a Radio 1 production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.